Bespoke Brewing Solutions designs and manufactures brewing equipment that produces high-quality craft beverages with increased cost-effectiveness and faster turnaround times. They are proud to be a supporter of CBP and want to help bring your craft beer project to life. Their team has eight years of solid teamwork together and over 10 years of experience in manufacturing brewing equipment. With equipment represented in 17 countries, they've sourced equipment and designed brew house configurations for every type of brew you can imagine in every situation. Having a team in China that speaks the local language allows BBS to oversee all aspects of their clients' projects, from initial layout designs to equipment testing before shipping. If you've never started a brewery before, they are here to help. And if you're an experienced brewer, they speak your language. Visit BespokeBrewingSolutions.com to learn how we can bring your craft beer project to life the bespoke way. Hello, everybody. Today, we're going to talk about airplanes, baseball, dogs, and wizards. And my dog actually decided to join me for the first time live today, so I'm excited about that. Each of our guests operates a brewery with a specific theme that's an important part of their operation. I'm excited to learn the inspiration behind their brewery, how it benefits their company, the challenges they face, and how it impacts the customer experience. But first, let's meet our guest. And Blake, because you are to the right of me, you get to go first. Tell everybody a little bit about what you do and try to describe your brewery in five words. Uh, yeah, thanks for the uh, intro, Andrew. My name is Blake Edmonds. I'm uh, owner, brewer, marketer, 17 other hats of Studley Brewing Company. We're a baseball-themed brewery uh, over in Chesapeake, Virginia, also serving pizza, salads, ballpark hot dogs, and house as well. And the pizza is delicious. Now, Morgan, your turn. Uh, yeah, Morgan with Flight Co. Brewing and Flight Co. Tower. We're an aviation-themed brewery, um, I guess in five words or less, uh, aviation, beer, community, and philanthropy uh, like would be what we're, what we're all about. 10% of our proceeds go to the future of aviation through local and national scholarships. Um, we have two locations here in Denver. One is your traditional neighborhood tap room, order at the counter, and the other is a 25,000-square-foot entertainment space with bowling, mini-golf, axe-throwing, virtual golf, arcades uh full full menu full bar uh, what is your favorite out of all those ridiculous games you just rattled off oh the golf simulators by far yeah it really can be snow it can be snowing outside and you got beer on tap and you can, can play pretty much any golf course in the world it's kind of hard to beat sounds awesome well thanks for being here morgan and your turn i'm ann zawcheck i am the owner brewer at four paws brewing in columbia station ohio right outside cleveland we're a 30-acre farm brewery, working farm, and our theme, obviously, is dogs and animals. So um, we just decided to do it. We had our home tap room named that and kind of went from there. So we've been open six months. So Congrats, Andy. Good to see you. Fantastic. Uh, I'm Chris Regatius. I am a owner, brewer, all that other stuff that everybody else is doing because, yes, we're all doing that. Uh, for Wizard Works Brewing in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, it is um, magic themed. I tell people, think Harry Houdini, not Harry Potter, but we welcome wizards of all kinds and we certainly play with all of that stuff. It is just a brewery and tap room. Uh, it's small, we don't have a kitchen. And so I'm envious of you guys who actually do. Well, thanks for being here, everyone. You know, when I think themed businesses, it kind of takes me back to like Rainforest Cafe, like visiting my oh. local mall and like, I don't know, maybe like 1995 or something like that. And they really did it right. A, a Google search told me that they still exist, which I actually was surprised about. But, you know, you all have leaned into like really unique themes as part of your brand. And I love to hear to each of you, what inspired you to go so hard with your theme and make it such an integral part of your operation? Well, I can start on that one. Um, I've also been a professional magician for over 40 years. So I brought my love of beer, and my love of magic together all into one place because it's, if you talk about authenticity and people want authenticity, you, know, you got to put a lot of you into it. And, and I realized a long time ago that the experience of going to a brewery, I mean, when you can get great beer everywhere, 
what makes going to one brewery different from another? And it's the only thing that comes down to it is the experience people have when they're there. Why is it different? And uh, this was something that you know, when I started this, I said, we are the only magic themed brewery in the world. Uh, since then, I found out there is one other. <laughs> <laughs> you want to give them a shout out or share what they're called? Um, they are, I'm trying to remember the name. It's just gone right out of my head. I'm tipping my tongue. I believe they're in Houston. Do you have any sort of like weird rivalry with them? No. In fact, uh, I don't think we've ever spoken to each other. Although it's if like I ever get two houses, there, I'm going. Griffin door Slytherin kind of. I'm sorry. just yeah. <laughs> We don't fight with each other so far as you would know. Is there such thing as like a duel for magicians where you're just like doing tricks back to back and, you know, like a duel off of ways? Well, it, you know, the funny thing is people want to see that sort of thing. And maybe it's like they want to see this in the brewing industry. They love to see breweries battling because we like that kind of drama. But, you know, as professional magicians, working pros, we all help each other. Just like in the brewing business. I mean, we have a number of breweries here in the city and every single one of us helps each other. It's, it's, we don't ever view each other in conflict. It's one guy does good. We all do well. Love it. And it was great to see you in Milwaukee in June. Um, yeah, both of my, uh, our aviation theme comes from both of my partners being pilots, um, in general aviation, uh, my business partner, Eric, uh, got a scholarship to finish his pilot's license. He actually soloed on his 16th birthday. So he, he flew a plane by himself before he drove a car by himself. Um, and the local EAA chapter stepped up and helped him finish his pilot's license with a scholarship and really was indebted ever since. And so when the three of us got together for this project, you know, talking about your passion, uh, your passions intersecting and authenticity, um, we wanted to pick something that we were passionate about. And Jason also being a pilot and my grandfather and my uncle and something that I grew up around. Um, and so really it, it became an outlet to, to figure out how to raise money for these scholarships and how to pave the way for people to, to get into the world of aviation, which can often be very exclusive um, and a lot of barriers, money barriers, um that make it really difficult um and that has grown quite a bit we actually took over our second location here uh about a year ago and we occupy the former air traffic control tower um, of the stapleton international airport so before denver international opened uh for 67 years uh the airport was where we where i now sit um which is kind of a weird story because we started out aviation themed and then happened to take over an old control tower which is serendipitous to say the least so i have to ask are you the only brewery that operates an old control tower um from my quick google searches i'm pretty sure yes <laughs> um I, I don't know how many of these things are still standing um especially the the very large one that we have attached to the building it's 164 feet tall that is so cool morgan thanks for being here yeah well, I guess I'll go next. Ours is pretty obvious. <laughs> We're very passionate uh, about rescue work and dogs and any animals for that matter and helping the helpless as a lot of us do in the community. This is this is our way of kind of giving back. Um, quite honestly, we didn't even want to open a brewery. I always said I, um, I like home brewing, but I don't want it to not be fun. I don't want it to be work. Uh, then we saw the difference we could uh, make in the community and help with uh, the rescue work without actually having a million dogs in our house. Um, now we have them at our brewery, so uh, it's a good way to give back to the community, uh, the rescue community. And it's amazing. And I'll, I'm sure everybody that is an animal or dog lover understands the way the rescue community and people involved with it tend to band together. And if you create an outlet, it makes for a very good situation for giving back to the rescue community. So that's pretty much how we got into it. Um, and in I, my perfect world, I, I close my eyes. I walk back in your brew house. I see a billion puppies running around. I get poured a <laughs> beer and I get to take one home with me. It just seems like <laughs> the best experience in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And with the 30 acres, I mean, we didn't open it all up initially, but we had like a large grass fenced in area and it was, it's really kind of fun. And we've, Thankfully, had no issues yet with uh, dogs and fights or anything like that. It's really just a cool community environment. So um, we're grateful, very grateful. Very cool. And last but not least, Blake, you're up. Yeah. So I worked in uh, college athletics and minor league baseball for 15 years prior to going down to this 
this rabbit hole of a dream. Um, I always joked with my wife, you know, hey, when we win the lottery, I want to open up a brewery. Um, that didn't happen, but it uh, got me thinking, what would it take? And um, next thing you know, I'm out in uh, Colorado training on a commercial system and gave me the confidence to go ahead with this endeavor. Um, and I think, you know, Chris, you spoke on it, Morgan, and as well, uh, the experience of coming to a brewery just as much as the beer or food um, is, is so monumental um, in this industry now. Um, I think gone are the days of just, you know, going into an old industrial garage and you know trying to find your way around to who can or who can serve me a beer and maybe they'll grace you with their time because you don't like the same schwartz beer that they do um but uh it's it's all about the experience type of piece now and then also for me so uh being a baseball theme brewery having a background working in uh, athletics um and playing a little bit growing up uh you have to have a passion for what you're doing uh i always uh, I don't know if those who know the movie uh, Office Space, but I always said to myself, I never wanted to be stuck in a cubicle the rest of my life, uh, you know, answering the three bosses about the press report. Um, so, uh, so that that was kind of what drove really home with this, the experience. I, I respect a lot of what Disney does with their parks and everything and did a lot of research on that when I was in athletics uh, doing marketing fan experience. And, uh, you know, touching on, you know, going all in and from every single detail uh, to the big picture is, is, is huge. Awesome. Thanks, Blake. And four of you know how passionate I am about experience. And a big part of creating these experiences is in your tap rooms and just telling your story, storytelling. You know, how do you all, you know, get that passion out to all your guests and your staff? What are some of the tips you have for not only, you know, sharing your story with your team, but also getting them to share it with everyone who walks into your tap room? I mean, I think it's really engagement, right? So yeah, when you're there, um, the story is told correctly and with, with passion, right? And it's, it's always that transition to what, what, how do those conversations sound? How does the place feel when you're not there championing your cause, your passion? Um, We've, we've done everything we can to try to include our staff members um, into the wider world of aviation. So like one of the thing, fun things we like to do is, you know, employee of the month gets to gets flown uh, to breakfast, right? So Eric, is, we're fortunate enough to have access to airplanes um, and have pilots. And so one of the things we do is, you know, it's, a, it's the $200 breakfast because, you know, it's more in fuel than it is for, for the food. Um, and we drive 40 minutes north to the little tiny airfield to load up in the plane early in the morning. And then we fly 30 minutes South. And, you know, so sometimes somebody will meet us there and they drive and they're there before we are because it's, it's a straight shot. <laughs> um, and there's a little, little, uh, breakfast place or well dinner spot too, but, uh, called the perfect landing at the Centennial airport. Um, and so that, 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 that can be really fun because then, you know, somebody, hey, what's what's with the aviation team? Oh, I got a story for you. And then they have their own story or we'll, we'll bring people out to the hangar um, and have a you know staff barbecue and just hang out and take people up a few times. And then once we're done flying, crack, crack some beers and swap some stories, they get to see different aircraft in various uh, stages of maintenance and really get hands on a little bit. Um, and I think that's really helped. And then also on the hiring front, uh, there's a lot of student pilots that are trying to get their hours. Um, so they're teaching other folks how to fly, but trying to build up their hours, which is a great path for them to, to enter into commercial aviation. Um, but the pay is just absolute crap. Um, and they know it and the, the schools get away with it because they don't have to pay them very much because they're getting free time in the airplane to get their hours to go into commercial aviation. So we end up with this large pool of applicants that end up wanting to work here because, hey, this is aviation themed place. I'm probably going to rub shoulders with the right people. I need the supplemental income. So we end up employing a lot of student pilots um, or trainer pilots, uh, which which really helps because then it's like, oh, you fly? Cool. And then they start to meet the right people and make these genuine connections. And I, I think both of those things have been very helpful to carry that voice forward when we're not present. Everything you shared just now is really neat, Morgan. Thanks for sharing all that. No one's going to be as big of a fan of your brewery and your idea as you are. And so you're, you have to be like this, you know, for your employees to be like this. And 
you know, what I mean by that is, you know, you have to live and breathe what this is all about all the time. They need to see how passionate you are about it in order for them to take a fraction of that and pass it down to your guests. Um, that that's something that, uh, I've really driven home with our staff. Um, I like to stay present as much as I can in, within the tap room, uh, in front of house. So if, if they, I hear them starting to tell a story or sometimes I'm like, Oh, well, he's right over here. Let me have him come over and, 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 you know, elaborate on that, um, and tell you a little bit more about his background. Um, and then just more direct, just make sure your story is, is out there. Um, you know, have it on the front of your website, you know, ours is there, you know, front, front and center, the amount of people that have walked in and be like, Oh my gosh, I read your story. It was so cool. Um, you know, you know, ask me about this, but just as simple, if, if you have a cool story, then just don't hide behind it or be humble, that humble about it. Just put it out there as your, as a, big piece of your marketing platform and if it's not that cool then like have chat gpt spice it up for you a little bit and then and then roll with that but uh yeah those those two two pieces in particular help that's that's oh go ahead ahead, i was just gonna say that's something that's always been a struggle too right is that you i can tell by the themes of of your breweries as well is you know how at the onset it almost felt i don't know false to just shout our name and our message and our purpose from the rooftops, right? You you almost wanted to take that humble approach of, oh, I'm just going to put my head down, do the right thing. Uh, and, you know, the accolades and the, the recognition will follow. Um, and really for us, we've, we've had to unlearn that humble way of thinking. And any opportunity we get, we are grandstanding. We are talking about the scholarship funds that we that we support and we're talking about the access that we give to aviation for our staff members for the community the different community events that we do and that was a very steep learning curve um and it wasn't didn't feel natural i mean yeah we were that passionate but it doesn't make me want to go on the news and yell at it everybody you're just <laughs> and competing that's, with and so that's much what noise. you have to do yeah yeah there's so much noise out there. for the four of you you know your themes are your greatest differentiators perhaps yes oh, yeah. No, Blake, what? I have to ask you, because Morgan's doing a really good job of hiring, you know, people training to become pilots. Are you hiring any any Norfolk Tides baseball players or any under other <laughs> minor leaguers? Well, you mean the the national champion Norfolk Tides now. There we so go. They're right. probably too big in their britches right now to be coming to work in the brewery. Um, you know, surprisingly, no. Um, not as many former ball players. I mean, former Little League players like myself, you know, that we, we do uh, – you know, the, the ones that come out and say, hey, I played athletics or I have a passion for it. I mean, obviously that helps. It's not a requirement, but that helps get behind, you know, coming in and being excited about coming into work every day, being at a, you know, sports themed brewery um, by all means. But no, nah, that would be that'd be pretty sweet if like, you know, first baseman was, you know, bringing you over a pint and everything like that. I mean, maybe they don't want full time jobs, but I can imagine like a Monday night fundraiser where you get them to come. Yeah, guest charity there. I'm charity drive. Down. I just want a beer out of it. That's all I want. Chris, how about you? You know, how do you tell the story? Get your staff well, as passionate as you. It's uh, I spend, I try to spend a lot of time here behind the bar, helping serve, talking with people, uh, try to talk to absolutely everybody who comes in because you can't afford to feel shame. You know, listen to this. You, you, you really have to be shameless. You got to get out there and talk. Uh, but also talk, I talk with the employees about the, these are the things I'd like you to do. And they ask you, this, uh, this is how we'd like you to refer to us. Um, I let them know that they're also, when they're behind the bar, I'm not the owner, they're the owner. You know, I'm there to help them, but they treat the place like it's theirs. I back decisions that they make. I am, uh, and I will also spend time, and this is one thing that we haven't been talking about, um, just watching them work and watching them interact and then going back and having training sessions there saying, Hey, this was really good. In fact, I think that this thing that you're doing, I'm going to ask the other guys to do too. I mean, that's just brilliant or saying maybe we, just, we want to shape what we're saying this way or this way, uh, because you know how you want to describe your place. You, you have a very good feeling of that. And when you hear somebody telling the story almost right, or, you know, it's, you, if you want to get that message out correctly, you need to help your employees. You need to shape what they say. Uh, and, and don't give them a hard time about it, but it's education and it's support. Uh, I think that's super important. 
No, Chris, I talk to a lot of brewery owners and managers. There's often the debate of, do you hire someone who knows a lot about beer or someone who's trainable? But in your case, you know, is it necessary they be passionate about magic or how do you get them excited about that? Now, the only thing that it's really funny is because there are two things we hire uh, based upon if it feels like you are a good fit for this place. Uh, you know, if when people come in and they ask me, well, how long have you been open? My first response without even thinking is, well, we opened at four. Um, and if I have an employee who isn't going to laugh at that, they're not going to be an employee with us. <laughs> you have to have a certain kind of sense of humor to work here. Um, but I've also found that uh, getting passionate about magic, about seeing, if, if you see, there are a lot of people who do magic, there are very few magicians. And if you see a real magician do close-up magic, it's tough not to get excited about that and want to share that with other people. And so I got my employees like all the time, they're pimping me out. You know, hey, go talk to him. He'll do something for you. <laughs> and I, well, you come in, you sit down at the bar, you get a show. If I have time, you get a show. That's awesome. That's That's really cool. And I, I love to hear, you know, how you tell the story. So um, ours is a lot, uh, pretty much everyone loves dogs. So really, as far as employees and that, we really don't have to do much. I mean, the dogs coming are a big part of it and encourage people to bring their dogs, well-behaved dogs. Um, but right out the gate, we put our, our um, put it all down with as far as our mission to help with the rescues. We actually, for opening week, auctioned off the naming rights to one of our fermenters. We literally, all of our fermenters are named after our own dogs and the farm dogs. They have a picture of the dog and the name on it. So every year we start off, obviously on our opening day, we auctioned off a fermenter to put their name of their pet, any pet and a picture for the entire year. We ended up uh, raising $1,500 for a rescue within a week. So also we're doing, um, like uh, rescue events and donation events. We've sponsored a huge uh, rescue um, event out in uh, by our house actually, which is further from the brewery, but we're just trying to get the word out that way. I'll post things about rescue dogs on there, share local dogs. Like I just get the, res the dog rescue community in. And again, people love dogs. So I kind of have it easier than you guys. Um, <laughs> And I realize that, but this is why we did this. And this was our whole mission. We just are all about dogs, our merch all over everything. So um, that's how, how we do. We, we walk the walk, so to speak, you know? I mean, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Dogs and breweries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we did it to help. And I mean, so far, I think we've raised over $6,000 for rescues in the six months. So that's I mean, amazing. And you believe those who interact with your brewery feel that you're more than just a brewery who has a dog rescue event. You are the dog rescue brewery. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like I said, we walk, walk the walk and, you know, we, we show people we're in this for the, you know, for the community and the rescue community. So, and pe like I said, people who have dogs, and I don't know how many of you do, but those out there that do know, like, you, you love your dog like a member of the family. So, like, we're having pictures with Santa, and you can bring your dog and the whole family in to have the pictures taken. So, you know, we just try to do themes like that, you know, all the dog as a family member. So, people love, love Now, obviously, the storytelling aspect, the verbal components are extremely important. But, you know, what about the decor of your brewery? How does that speak to, you know, what your brand is? And Morgan, you have an unfair advantage because you're literally in an old flight tower. But I guess, you know, when I go into your tap room, how do I feel the aviation vibe? Like what's there that, you know, I'm an experience? Yeah, we started out with the the original location uh, on the other side of town. Um, and we <clears throat> quickly realized we needed to do something dramatic uh, to really transport people and differentiate, right? And so we were working with an architect and one of the reasons we we chose that particular architect um is he was also a pilot um so the interview that eric my business partner and him went flying together and as soon as he said that i'm like yeah we're probably picking this guy um, and he came up with the idea of a semi-private seating area that mimics uh 737 fuselage right down the middle of the brewery um so it's was a large you know old warehouse empty space and we put this arc right in the middle. And so now there's this big tube with airplane windows cut in it and a metal mesh. Um, so you can see through it, but it offers some privacy and there's really cool leather booth seats inside. Um, so 
there's a lot of other nuanced details throughout the space with the architecture and the de decor that, that really matter. And, you know, we like to think of it as that's the big statement piece. So you walk in, you don't know where you are. You don't remember the name of the brewery. You're like, I don't know, the one with the airplane in it. Like that's pretty easy to remember and, and stand out. And then <clears throat> all the other details are kind of like click through details. Like you have to dig a little deeper to find it, that the, the bar top is made of Marston mat, which is a, World War II temporary runway surface that's been repurposed all over the world for thousands of other things. Um, and then there's old articles hanging up on the wall. There's aviation magazines sitting, you know, throughout the space for people to read casually. Um, and so Do you have you know, any of like the sick bags under the bar you can grab if I don't like the beer? <laughs> we should. We definitely should. Um, and one of the, my favorite things about having a themed place, and I'm sure you y'all experience this too. Um, is when you have a strong identity and a strong theme, people tend to gravitate towards it and want to share their ideas of what you should do. And it's sorry, <laughs> Morgan. And it's and and you and no, it's it's perfect. It was a great example. It's something we experience every day. Is you walk in, they see a couple of things that are on on brand, and they go, "Oh, you know what you should do." And some of our best little ideas have have I come from yeah. being open to that. And it just shows that we have uh, this strong emotional connection with our with our audience because if they're willing to share what they think we should do and and i'm not talking about like you know what beer you should make like the typical negative feedback loop it's it's this really overwhelmingly positive you know generous idea of oh what would be cool is and a lot of our good ideas have come from that no that's so cool that that component of interaction happens like more, I think, Morgan, I think that's so awesome. I think that's so important that you don't get it all by coming once. And with your attention to details throughout your place, I think it's so important that um, you'll come back two, three times and notice other little nuances. They're like, oh, my gosh, you know, they did this. Um, well, this is, is such a big, big part of it. This I is think, a, too. a question I had for the group. And I'm sorry, Andrew, I just I got really curious. Um, and it kind of seems to intersect here is. For us, you know, we, we like to have those additional details, right? So you can find new things when you come in. But I'm always curious to know how, how do you guys handle um, when people aren't necessarily interested in your brand, right? Because th their money's still good. They still want to have a great experience with you, but they don't care about baseball or they didn't realize that there were going to be a bunch of dogs there or they, they give two shits about magic. Like, w how do you approach that person? You find you something feel... that connects with them. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I say you find something that connects with them. Um, they don't have to care about your brand. I mean, that's that's okay. It's just like not everybody who comes in your brewery wants to be talked to. They just want to come down and have a beer. And you learn to read people and give them the space that they want. And so you get people come down and they're like, "Well, I hate Harry Potter," and I go, "Fantastic. So do I." <laughs> <laughs> sucks I, that's why i think harry houdini um but it, you're going to give them what they want they came to you for a reason find out the reason they came maybe you were just the closest place to the hotel they were staying at that's great and you can you can also talk to them about all kinds of other things that don't have to be about your brewery you know you never go amiss recommending a restaurant <laughs> have a list of good stuff like that there's always something you can talk to them about and it doesn't have to be about your place them just ask them what they want uh they'll tell you yeah yeah well, spot on chris we're in a unique situation because we're actually two different brewery brands and one brewery so we have our four paws brand and then our co-owners do the red wagon brewing brand i brew for both of them we own both brands but they're allowed to do some control of our, theirs and our, we can do ours um, brand's been there for years, so that's why we kept their brand. But so we have people coming in for the farm side because they, like I said, they've been there for 50 years. So people, people know them and their brand. Sometimes we'll get people if they don't like dogs, which I mean it happens. Um, we have the 30 acre, so there's plenty of places to sit and avoid it. But I don't. I we've not run into that at all. And if we have, it's so big I I don't don't see it. But um, yeah, we're in a unique situation, so. We don't really have the issue. Thank I mean, God. yeah, if they don't like if they don't like dogs, they can just leave. No, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just. So what you're saying is, but I really, but really, people that don't like dogs. 
Right, right. But dogs do have exclusive to cat owners if a cat owner did happen to show up on a Saturday afternoon. Oh, <laughs> there is one that he puts it on his uh, shoulder, actually. So walks it. Yeah. Um, Wait, time out for a sec. You're telling me that someone walks in with a cat on their shoulder. Well, so here's the deal. Since we're a farm market, they can't go into the brewery with them. But yes, they can walk around the facility. Yeah. Asking for it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was a, it was what do they call it? The hairless the, sphinx. It was a sphinx yeah. cat. Oh, this is weird. wrong side of wrong side of town, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, people of all they asked. I'm like, as long as you feel comfortable, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, it's four paws, not four dog paws. So we're, we're oh, good you're 100 right there. So I guess there you go. Yeah, it's all. Yeah. So going back to you know the decor, that was that was a fun little tangent, Morgan. That was a great question. Sorry, I, I had no, to get it out before I forgot it. It was awesome. <laughs> um, Blake, we can see a little bit of what you have going on in the background there. Definitely feels like, you know, you're walking to a baseball stadium in many ways. Like, you know, how do you encapsulate that baseball theme in the atmosphere? Yeah, I think there, you know, a lot of the physical elements from, you know, behind me uh, is, a, is a large dugout seating bench that we have going along the, the back wall there. Um, you know, we had a we worked with a wonderful mural artist that really brought to life a lot of things. Uh, you know, manual scoreboard inside. Um, we had this giant, what used to be a fiberglass ornament from the city of Portsmouth that uh, we cut in half and put up on the wall and painted it like a 3D baseball, which ended up being a great Instagrammable moment. And one thing to think about if you have these themed breweries, make Instagrammable places where people can snap selfies like that's a huge thing. It's free marketing. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of that, um, you know, pictures of old baseball players. Um, we use our, our beer list as our starting lineup. Um, so, you know, we have, uh, nine different ones on draft there in our bullpen are the wines that we have available. Um, but it's, it's just thinking of all of those, those little pieces, um, you know, to when they sit down at the table, we hand them, uh, throw down baseball, old baseball cards to use as drink coasters. Um, and then they get uh, double bubble baseball gum instead of mints um, when they leave. Nice. Uh, so just kind of taking in little little nuances like that to really give it that theme. I mean, even down to the people think about or don't even think about the, but the music in here is, you know, curated to songs you'd hear at the ballpark, organ music, uh, a lot of those like stadium jams, jock jams you know, things like that. So you still feel like you're kind of almost in a ball game, but it, at the same time, it's usually universally liked music um, is, is big too. You guys play a lot of baseball on TVs? Ah, yes. Um, when, during baseball season, we got, yeah, I got the MLB package stuff, you know, so, it, and, you know, we have fans from all different uh, teams that come in here. Uh, postseason was, was a lot of fun, obviously uh, playing the, playoffs world series in here and then we usually just keep on you know like we have a lot of college basketball going on nfl stuff right now we still kind of keep it sports and then also have put up some you know like a league of their own sandlot you know playing in the background those type of movies to nostalgia like looking at your audience do you see it's baseball fans who are coming or are you getting all kinds of people coming to your tap room not necessarily people who just like baseball I think our, our main target market is, is really families. Um, we get a lot of uh, young families. Uh, the area around here uh, is a huge, uh, one, of, one of the largest, uh, what is it, uh, Little Leagues in, on the East Coast. Uh, their organization's right down the street from us. Uh, so we get a lot of uh, end-of-season uh, team parties as one of our unique audiences. Uh, that we get here, but a, a lot of families, a lot of kids, um, a lot of father, son, mother, daughter, kind of, you know, that kind of bond between, you know, what, what this sport baseball gives. Um, they like to share together. It's it's very universally liked for the most part. Um, so the, that's where kind of more our main target market is. Cool. Thanks for sharing. So, Blake, you said you have a manual scoreboard. Yeah. What do you put up on it? There, right. It's right over there on top That's there. Cool. So uh, right now we, we can change out the letter or the numbers, um, but that is game game three of the 1932 World Series. Uh, <laughs> it, the Yankees played the White Sox, and it was famous because Babe Ruth called a shot during that game. So 
so we kind of we change it up and do different uh, different different historic games and um, if people can guess the game uh, they can own the brewery because that's like freaking impossible like like oh you get a free beer oh. it's like if you could guess that then that's some like advanced rain man stuff man like that's <laughs> insane that's cool yeah. every time somebody asked a dopey question you could like increase the the run in that inning by one. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so chris all right here's know, a, oh sorry ahead, it was a fun one speaking of like that type of question though but our menu um so we have you know, pizzas, salads, everything. Our menu and everything, the prices on it are like $7.03, $10.04, you know, things like that. I get so many questions about that. Like, what do those numbers mean? You know, what? why is it just not $10? And I always tell them it's like baseball averages, statistics, and everything like that. But really put that price on there. So when food inflation and stuff happens, I can raise the price by $0.10 cents and no one knows, no one knows at all. Fantastic. And think it's another number. But since we're baseball, I can get away with just saying, yeah, it's King Griffey's batting average from 96. You know? So it's a little white lie, but I like it. That's great. So, Chris, I have not been to your tap room, unfortunately, but with your unique theme, how do guests feel it while they're there? Well, to start out with to get here, we are in a garden level basement of a 125 year old building. So you got to walk downstairs to get to us. And I always thought things are cooler when you have to go downstairs or upstairs to get to them. <laughs> and now uh, once you get in here, it's all cream city brick and great big. I mean, I'm looking up at these at the, the wooden rafters in the ceiling are, are there. And they're like one foot by two foot uh, beams that have been there you know, for 125 years. And um, so you have that. It's kind of a rat's keller feel. You got all of that going on. We have classic magic posters hanging everywhere um on the tvs if if there is i will put uh anytime there's a, a wizarding type movie on if there's star wars or harry potter or lord of the rings i'll also throw on star wars i throw on the things for the geeks and this is where i lose i think i lose a lot of the sports guys now four blocks away we have a baseball themed brewery it does very well they very they're well known for sports yeah i know what what broken bat i have to give them a shout out they've been very kind to us over over the time um, but they, uh, here I, I will put on, you know, local, the if local, if their brewers are on, the Packers are on, Bucks are, I will put that on, but we're not really a sports themed place. So there's something else going on. Um, I, I try to keep it in the theme of the brewery. I also throw on marble racing. That's the one bit of sports I always have on marble racing. And I found out people come back for that and it's, it's off brand aside from it's quirky, like the rest of us. But people will come back to see marble racing. So I think I can know what marble racing is, but can you describe it? My four-year-old's obsessed. So see, yeah, it's it's uh, a guy in the Netherlands. Is, he races marbles. He's done like Olympic events racing marbles. He does you know races in the sand and ice and whatnot. And it's just rolling marbles down a track, and people will drink beer and watch this. And what I found is having something like this that people aren't used to seeing, but something I can focus on a little bit. Um, I say they come in for one beer, they stay for three. Yeah, it's a uh, it, it it falls into that category of those ASMR videos where yeah. it's it's just it the sound the, the 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 visuals it's just slightly pleasing. We've off a little bit off brand, but similar vein in uh, during the winter time or times there isn't sports on. I've put on like, you know, three, four hour YouTubes of uh, glider flying through the mountains. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just a guy in a cockpit flying his glider through the mountains. And it's very calming. It's relaxing. It's visually stimulating. It's not particularly interesting. And you sure, sure as shit, you turn over and you see, pardon my language, you see people um, just sipping a beer and watching this guy fly a glider. And it's, it's kind of cool. So I, I get it. Morgan, I can get down with that. I was pretty sure I knew what Chris meant when he said marble racing because my kid, he's also four, has marble track. It's one of our favorite activities to do together. And there's something really therapeutic and fun about it. But we, to we, go down we that build the towers. Hole, we build the towers. We watch the videos of people building the towers. The marble race. Marbles are a big, a big thing for us. Right. Now. I love it. 
So, kind of go on that off-brand tangent for a minute. Obviously, you all have your theme. So, like, when you have your events, for, like, for example, are you doing, like, sports trivia? Or how often do you go off-brand and do something that's more general or something that doesn't really fit into the box of your overall brand? How often does that happen? Uh, we're, we, we're doing trivia about once a week. We're trying that out. So we've been giving it a shot for about the last month. Um, try to stay on brand as much as possible though. Although given the success of marble racing on TV, I am seriously considering setting up some tracks and having a special event here and doing like a, a you know, 20 bucks gets you in, gets you a beer. And then uh, a, pro, a portion of the proceeds goes to the local humane society. And, uh, and I have a hunch that that would play pretty well given this other stuff. But for the most part, I really do try to stay on brand. Uh, might have a special off-brand thing once a quarter. And, and yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Because you do allow cats, as you said earlier. <laughs> well, They're off-brand, right? Yeah, anything. Uh, so our, we off-brand a lot because of the fact we're with another brewery, so, or, um, well, another business brewery. So literally this past October, they have something they've been doing. I think it's 40 or 50 years. They've been doing a pumpkin festival because they grow pumpkins. Um, so every weekend we're doing that. And we literally ran the beer tent with both brands. And um, what I would do to incorporate, even though it was a different festival, like pumpkin festival, um, like I, the last day I gave away a free bandana and a treat to the dog. If you bring your dog to our beer tent to meet us. So we'd incorporate it that way. Like, you know, inviting you to bring your dog with the family. So, um, we do music. We're starting music trivia next week. We have live music every Friday, Saturday. We have the Cleveland Browns on TV every Sunday and the OSU bucks every Saturday. So, I mean, those are our events and, and they bring in, we talk to other brewers and that, you know, these are some of the things they said, these are the things you need to do in the off season to bring people in. And I'm sure every single one of you guys are doing the same type of stuff. So, um, you know, when you get them in there, then you can preach about your brand and, you know, show everyone what you're about. So it's, a, it's just a matter of getting them in your tap room. doesn't matter how. So that, that's a good point there, Ann. Like when you talk about getting them in there, in your messaging that you're putting out your social channels or else you're putting your marketing, are you going all in on for pause and what you stand for with regard to the rescue vibe? Are you kind of toning it down a little bit? No, we still do. And, you know, and what we'll do is with our um, co-owners who own the Red Wagon brand, um, we'll do joint Facebook posts. So sometimes we'll gear towards them and sometimes we're geared towards us. But even if like I post something, um, they'll share it and vice versa. So but and usually there's some kind of dog theme in every post. So so um, whether it's little dog prints or wolf or something like that so you know yeah no, that's Blake, usually how, uh, how, oh, go ahead no morgan take it no i was just gonna say that's usually how we do it is just you know picking language that is indicative of the airlines or aviation and so even if the the the, the event itself like we did a fall festival right with costume contest handing out kid uh, candy to kids the fire department showed up with a couple of fire trucks the kids could climb in and see there was a bouncy house um, cause you know, our market is pretty similar. It sounds like to, to Blake's where there's a ton of young families in the immediate neighborhood around the tower here. And so we cater a lot of things to those young families. How do you entertain the kids? So mom and dad could have another beer in relative peace without having to coordinate a, a babysitter to, to do so. Um, and then you just have to be creative with your language or the, the pictures of your post or little, little things throughout the event, um, to bring it back to the brand, even though there's nothing aviation themed about a fall festival with fire trucks and candy. But that's what keeps it in your brand. It's what you're talking about. I think it's so important for those who are looking to go down this path. Like one of the very first things I did was establish a brand standards, brand guidelines, pick your colors, your logo, your fonts, you know, and stay true to that. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing a marble race or something like that, it still looks like it's coming from Wizard Works Brewing. So subliminally, without you even putting me putting Studley Brewing or putting Wizard Works on there, people are going to look at it and be like, oh, that's Wizard Works because they they're trained to know what that looks like. And that is so, so important. You know, I know we talked to we were, Andrew talked a little bit about Canva and stuff like that. Um, our absolute 
great tools with great templates and everything like that. But at the same time, use those as kind of inspiration and tweak those around to where it still looks like your brewery. Um, so people understand that it's coming from you and not just a generic cool image that you think is cool on a Tuesday. Um, that's I think that's so important. Absolutely. So let's kind of go into the beer side for a short minute. I don't want to spend too much time on this one, but with regard to the beers, you know, I'd love to hear how you incorporate the theme into the beers that you're producing. And, you know, really quickly, your worst beer name and your best beer name, because I'm sure you all have some great ones there. <laughs> well, we have a resting witch face. That might be one of the good Oh, that's funny. I, I did that, resting that's the best. witch face. <laughs> and what did you say you did? Resting peach face. It was a peach hefeweizen that we did. So, yeah. And Laura didn't understand what it was. She's like, what's that mean? You know, Laura. <laughs> so, Shout out to Laura Lodge of startabrewery.com. Yeah, yeah, she's our consultant. God, I love her. So anyway, but yeah, she, I had to explain to her what it meant. So it was kind of funny. <laughs> now, probably, probably the worst beer name we had was there's a magic illusion called Pepper's Ghost. And uh, so we had that for a pale ale, but everybody thought there were ghost peppers in it. Oh. Never even occurred to me that that's what they would think. And I'm like, nope, not at all. So uh, we... We changed that. <laughs> Did you just re review it as a, like an imperial stout with some peppers in it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Now we we also have a box jumper, which is, and this is how we get people into it. Box jumpers are is a blonde ale, but a box jumper is is professional magician speak for the magician's assistant. They're just mm. that's the job. It's called being a box jumper because they jump in and out of boxes on stage, and so when we do that, all the all the names of the beers are magic related, so that people start to get kind of an insight in what it's like to be a magician if they don't see it right away. And we'll explain it. Cool, Blake. How about you? Uh, so worst name uh, is going to have to be can of corn cream ale. So a can of corn is a routine pop fly in baseball. And, you know, I brewed the cream ale with flake corn in it as well. So I thought, oh, nice tie. Everyone's like, I don't want cream corn beer. <laughs> so I was like, no, no, no. So that was tough. Um, Before you go on your best, you know, are you going to change it? Are you going to keep brewing the recipe, but maybe rename it? You know, we got a keg of it left. Uh, maybe a little bit of, little bit of time before we bring it back on and then just kind of, yeah, go back to the drawing board maybe. I, I, yes, I think we will change the name a little bit to, because because once people had it, they're like, oh yeah, it doesn't taste like cream corn at all. I love that cream it's corn like, beer. <laughs> yeah. Some people are like, oh, I, I wish I got more cream. Okay, um, your best. What do you got for your best? Best uh, is something we just came out with and had a lot of fun with, uh, but it was uh, or is our jockstrap nut brown ale. Um, <laughs> was, uh, was oh, nice. Huge. And uh, we gave away um, to the first 100 purchases uh, a Studley branded jockstrap um, to fans and everything. Please tell me so, have one. You have one you can raise right now. Uh, all right, we, as long as you're not. <laughs> wearing, be give, me, give me a second. Give me a second. I don't, let me stand up now. <laughs> Hold on, I'll get one. I'll be right back. Okay, we'll, we'll go to Morgan for a second. Give us your best. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, I don't know. It's hard, hard, hard to pick them. We we go really deep on the aviation side, so it's typically named after some obscure aircraft that has something relatively to do uh, with the style of beer or the story behind the beer. Um, so I think probably our our best or at least most well known would be our fogged out hazy IPA. Uh, when we were first starting the brewery, before we opened the tap room, we took all of our our first round of employees flying, uh, and we attempted to. Um, and the fog never lifted. And so we were waiting, waiting, waiting. And you don't, when you're in a small plane like that, you don't drink before you fly, uh, cause everybody's within reach of the control. So even the, even the passengers, uh, can't have anything to drink before they go up. And so we were all waiting, staring at this hazy IPA that we had just brewed. Um, and it was, it was the first go on the, on the small batch system as a test for when the brewery was going to open. Um, so we finally cracked into it when we realized we were going to go flying that day and it was phenomenal <clears throat> to this day. It's our best selling beer and we named it fogged out because we couldn't go flying because of the fog that day. Um, and then there's other ones like, I don't know, we have a, a winter warmer. It's like the C 47 Sherpa, which is like a really obscure aircraft and Sherpa chai winter warmer 
sometimes it's tough. You, you need Wikipedia to help you find the connection. And so I, I think I have a, quite a few that are just a little too obscure for folks to, to identify with. We get some aviation nerds in and they just don't know exactly what you're talking about. And it's this obscure home-built aircraft from France in 1912 you know, or whatever it is. And they're like, oh, I know that. And you're like, I don't know how you do, but... Um, Morgan, do you find that everyone expects those, you know, aviation focus names or do you have a le little leeway or like, you know, sticking to brand, what are any other challenges that you have? Yeah, it, it does get a little monotonous at times, uh, trying to stay on brand for everything. Um, we have a guava pale ale um, that's absolutely phenomenal. And my wife is from uh, just outside of Milwaukee, Hales Corners. Um, and we were trying to come up with a name for this guava beer. And, you know, how do we how did you incorporate aviation and she took a sip of it and she goes you should call it oh my guava <laughs> and so it stuck so we have oh my guava as the name of a, a guava pale ale um so we it's not always 100 percent branded and you know the can art has an airplane on it and something tropical um so there's other ways to incorporate it that way now you got that job I, I love kind of love to hear some of the challenges you face because of your unique team. I think Blake's got oh, Blake, something to show us. Blake has something to show us. <laughs> <laughs> Blake, because this will be on you know audio platforms like Spotify very soon. Can you describe what you're holding up, please? Oh yes, this is a men's small jockstrap uh, that includes its own cup as well. If you can, uh, you hear that at all. <laughs> but very safe, um, and it's got studly across the crotch area there. Only only downside of these, I didn't realize when I ordered that they're all like waist size 26 to 32, so I had to cut it off at the end of the night. <laughs> a, little, a little tight. <laughs> a little tight. Anyways, a, are there any Google. other challenges you're facing currently at studly? Besides <laughs> circulation of my legs? Besides um, them. Uh, you know – Going back to like, I think your question, your your piece about how do you relate to people that are not baseball fans? Um, I, th I think one of the things that I, you know, I always want to please everyone. You know, I think we all do and want to, you know, everyone has money and wants to spend it uh, hopefully at your place. But accepting the fact that um, you're not for everyone and that being OK sometimes uh, is, uh, is is just part of it. Um, I think that's one of the challenges, you know, being family based, a lot of people come here and they see all the kids and, you know, we have a little kids area and everything like that. And they're like, Oh, it's a Chuck E. Cheese. Ah, you know, it's like, all right, well, that's who we are. And that's how we're, we're going to stick to that. And that's, that's our brand. Um, and it, it just may not work for everybody. And we're, uh, we're okay with that. Cause I think there's enough people out there that are behind us and, and are, are, are for us that uh, just kind of is what it is. Uh, boy, do I resonate with that. We have mini golf, bowling, and arcades. So um, we <laughs> yeah. basically are Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> and and we do get some pushback on that. We have so many young families with kids running amok um, on the weekends here. You know, it's it's pandemonium. And you're right. Yeah. You just kind of have to, you know, I lean into it and identify with it. And we have adult nights on the third floor um, where they, they'll be, you know, golf sim time and 21 and up crowd. Or we'll, we'll have a DJ night or something. Um to try to give an outlet to some of the younger adults in the neighborhood they want to escape the children um and and segment the space a little bit we have so much space at this particular location that it, it gets a little easier um but yeah that was a that, that that to me is is our biggest struggle as well is not trying to be everything for everybody um mm -hmm. and really staying true and trying to simplify things and not do too much we're always reaching for the next event the next idea for happy hour or the next menu item. Um, and oftentimes we need to take a breath, slow down and focus. Okay. You know, what's working now and how can we do more of that? Or how can we do that in a more streamlined fashion as opposed we'll to trying better. To, right. As opposed to trying yeah. to come up with a new idea, you know, our, yeah. our arcade have worked really well for us. So it's like, instead of adding a new wrinkle of entertainment, let's just add more arcade machines and enhance that experience that's already driving foot traffic to hopefully drive more. Yeah. yeah. The challenge that we face due to the theming of this, I would say is that some people look at it and because it has wizard in the title, 
they think that it's child appropriate and people bring their kids in and then they will see there's nothing for their kids to do here because we are a brewery tap room. It's, you know, it's essentially a bar. And, uh, and while I have, I have no problem people bringing their kids in, there's nothing set up special for them. Uh, and it's, uh, so sometimes people think, oh, that's a place for kids. Uh, and it's, it really isn't, it's not targeted that way. It's not the way we run it, but that is you a mean challenge. You don't host like birthday parties where you just do a magic show for 30 minutes. It's not a part of your thing. You dress no. up like Harry Potter. Kids with me for, for 30 minutes. When I'm done, I guarantee you, they're going to be running around with scissors, smoking big fat cigars and drinking brown liquor. <laughs> Oh, a I real education. I was. I guess the second hour of this conversation is going to be how to handle kids and dogs in your breweries. We might have to, you know, rejoin <laughs> for that conversation. But you know, Anne, I'd love to kind of throw it to you. Like, what are the challenges you face with regard to your branding? So, because of us being a partner with the farm, the farm market, we can't have dogs in the tap room during the summer. So sometimes people are like, "What? Why not? It's a dog theme." So thankfully, we have the big outdoor area, but that's kind of a challenge explaining to them, you know, making them known that they're not allowed to be in there because of health codes. Um, the other thing is our menu. People often, the dog lovers, are vegetarians, and we are a barbecue joint. Actually, we smoke our own meats and do all that. So our other challenge is getting vegan options for these people. So other than that, it's I mean, and people are pretty understanding, so, and they see we try, so. Well, it sounds like all of you have leaned in really hard to your themes, and that's one of the big things that make you successful. So it's been awesome to hear all the unique ideas and inspiration for the past, you know, 55 minutes. But as we close out on this one, there's a lot of people out there considering theme breweries. There are people really trying to do a better job with the theme of their brewery. I'd love for each of you just to give that one piece of advice for someone trying to do something similar, what you would recommend. And it cannot be something you've said in the conversation so far, and there's no repeats if someone else says it. And <laughs> I get Chris, because, you know, Blake started us first last time and you ended up last. You get to go first this go around. Oh, I do? No, Blake. I'll let Chris go. You know, and oh, you get so a little yeah. time. He gets a, you get sure. a little time. Um, if you want to start a theme brewery, love your theme enough that you're willing to do it for free for a few years. You better, <laughs> Isn't you better that, love it that much. <laughs> Isn't that just starting a brewery in general? It, it could be, but you better you better want to do your theme in that brewery for that amount of time. Chris, has it made you love being a magician any more or less? Uh, I no, it has not changed the way I love being a magician. I still still perform all over the country, and I still love it. And I, but I think I love doing it more here because it it is my place, and uh, and there's something special about that. Where can we find out your tour schedule? <laughs> uh, eventually, I will have something like that up on on the website. I'll have a link from our from our. Okay, well, page. Blake, Morgan, and Ann, I expect a Chris the Magician show at your brewery very very soon. Absolutely, you can, you can fly me out, Morgan. Bring a plane to me. It might be a little more than like a you know an yeah. hour ride, but I can't wait to be there. So, Anna, Anne, you know, what's your recommendation for others? So, um, initially when we came up with the idea and decided to do this, if you are going with a theme, you better damn well get it trademarked. So we hired Candace, even before we went to the brewery workshop, we had our name trademarked, um, because it was our brand and it was important to us. Um, so you really need to make sure that what you're going for, because sometimes you can find a brand that you're like, Oh, I want to do this. And then you find out somebody or else has it. So Make sure you get your name and your um, your uh, stuff federally trademarked so you, you know you're good to go with the brand. So we did that before anything else because that was the direction we wanted to go in. So No good tip there for sure. Morgan, what's your advice? Yeah, I think, it, I mean, it's obvious, um, but be a member of the community that you're trying to cater to um, deeply, passionately, genuinely. Um, and, you know, because a lot of times you can go into a place and it might have a very cohesive theme, but there's, there's something lacking. It, it feels hollow. It feels disingenuous. Um, and that's because the people behind it aren't necessarily intimately involved with the community um, of that theme, you know? So it's easy for us. Both my partners are pilots. We fly regularly. We fly to get hops every year uh, for our fresh hop beer. Um, and I think that 
air of authenticity to your storytelling um, is really going to carry you through the good and the bad times because there's always going to be something more to learn about about your brand because of what you bring to it. So cool. Blake? I think you need to be big enough with it that when people walk in the door, they get that wow factor. But at the same time, you've got to drive into all those little details um, because those are the things that people are, those are the lasting impressions of what people are going to talk about when leaving your place and talking with their friends. Wow. I really have enjoyed this conversation. I think anyone, whether they're trying to go after a theme brewery or just an interested entrepreneur, really enjoy the insight you all have offered today. So Blake, Morgan, Ann, and Chris, thank you for being here. I appreciate you. CBP appreciates you. Hope to see you all very soon. And Morgan, we'll email about getting that flight set up. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Cheers. Thank Cheers. you. Thank you for listening and being an important part of our community. Please hit the subscribe button to stay on top of more sessions that can help you grow as a craft beer professional. And join us for more conversations in our community on Facebook. We appreciate you. Cheers.